Hey everybody, welcome to The Booking. My name is Nathan Albertson. I'm your humble and obedient host. I've got some friends here today with me. The same ones that I've had now for nigh on over 130, <laughs> 40, 50 episodes. We got That's right. Brandon Chasteen over there. Hey. Looking very dignified. How are you doing today, Brandon? Doing very well, Nathan. What is in your cup? Oh, this cup here? Yeah, or what is on your cup, rather? Whiskey. Uh, whiskey, yeah. Quotes from literature. Yeah. I got this for Christmas from my mother-in-law. But why don't you give the quote, and then we'll see if Jake can say what the quote is from. Uh-oh. Or me. Marley was dead to begin with. This, uh, like... Jake? Uh, Dickens. Yeah. Christmas Carol. Yeah. My favorite. I'm gonna go with a news report about the death of Bob Marley. Um, no, Jake, uh, Jake is right. Jake is right, Okay. Uh, here's one. This was a. This has been a book that was requested of us, and we actually had on the list, and then took off. Hmm. Camus. What? The stranger. Camus. Good. Good job. <laughs> what mother, mother died today, or maybe yesterday. That's the quote. Yep. All okay. right. Cool. You want more? Here you go. This is going to be more. Who raises their hands first? Okay. Happy families are all alike. Yep. Nathan. Ah, uh, Tolstoy, Anna yeah. Karenina. Yep. Let's just let's just play this game with hands raised. All right, and see how many times Jake can hurt his knuckles. <laughs> Call me Ishmael. <laughs> oh man, Moby Ishmael. Dick. Yeah, it's Moby Dick. <laughs> ah, <laughs> slow reflexes. <laughs> it was a pleasure to burn. Nathan. Fahrenheit oh, 51. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been. Great Gatsby. Yeah, very good. Man, Nathan's running away with this. destroying me. Uh, you'll get one. As Gregor Samza awoke one morning from uneasy dreams, he found... Uh, um, the Metamorphosis. Very good. Kafka. Here's one that's difficult. I would have gotten this one. You would have gotten, <laughs> okay. gotten them all. For a long time, I went to bed early. Is that it? Yep. For a long time, I went to bed early. Make sure I'm right here. I don't know what this one is. Kafka was the first one that I wasn't going to get second. Um, but this one, well, no. you would have gotten it because if you would have finished, I'll give sentence, you a clue. You want a clue? He transformed into a cockroach. Or something. Oh right, yeah. It's in translation, is what we how we know it. I read it in German. Is my problem? Ah, uh, okay, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good excuse. Because uh, excuses go. <laughs> Let me adjust my monocle. <laughs> um, I'll give you the first word. Want me to? Uh, wait. You, it's in. It's we read it in translation. We've never read it. Is it Russian? I have read it. No. Is it French? Yes. Madame Bovary? No. Baudelaire? No. What are the other famous French things, Jake? Les Mis. I don't think you're going to get it. Uh, okay, it's yeah. more recent than that. Uh, no idea. This guy never got out of his bed. He was rich, wealthy, the author. The author never got out of his bed. A, a cookie plays an essential role in the first chapter. Oh, um, uh, what's his face? The, um, the Remembrance of Things Past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proust. Yep. Proust. Right. Here you go. I am an invisible man. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jake, got the it. invisible man. No. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph Ellison's not, not. I'm so Ralph. good. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another hard one. Ready? Yep. Actually, I'm going to do a blank here. Blank said she would buy the flowers herself. Blank said she would buy the flowers herself. All right. I'll do it again, but one more word in there. Mrs. Blank said she would buy the flowers herself. Mrs. Dalloway. Um, What'd you say? Mrs. Dalloway? Yeah, Mrs. Dalloway. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Famous literary Mrs. is. All right, oh, here we go. That one. Many years later, as he faced the firing squad, Colonel Arellano. Oh, um, uh, Gar- Garce- um, yeah. Uh, 100 Years of Solitude. Yes, yes. Wouldn't I got that one? All right, here you go. If you really want to hear about it. The first thing you'll probably... Uh, blah, blah, blah. My boy, Holden. Yeah, that's Holden. Sheesh. And what, what my lousy childhood was like, my parents, David Copperfield, all that stuff. All right. Uh... I am a sick man. I am a spite. 
Oh, uh, is it Notes from the Underground? Yep. Man, these are there are a lot of these. It was love at first sight. That could be anything. It was love at first sight. Um, Catch-22. Yeah, very good. That's one I have not read. Here you go. It was the best of times. <laughs> tell two cities. Okay. <laughs> you better not never tell nobody but God. Oh, is that like Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry? or? Uh... Yes. No, it's not Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. Is it about a... It's one of those. One of those kinds of things? Cry yeah. the Blood of the Country, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I think it's... Let me make sure I'm right about this before I tell you. Yeah, it's the color purple. Yeah, it was the one guess. guess that I was going to make, and then I was going to be embarrassed to get it wrong. So you, you got to take a risk to win into failed, random quiz failed, thing. Failed to take the risk. One twenty four was spiteful, full of a baby's venom. One twenty four was spiteful, full of a baby's venom. Wow, beloved no, no, by no, Toni Morrison. Oh, no, I've not read it. A screaming comes across the sky. Oh, I want to make sure I'm right. Yep. Uh, Brave New World. No, Gravity's Rainbow by oh, Thomas Pynchon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only Pynchon I've read. Started that and never finished it. No, I take that back. I've also read V. I've started the cry, cry of Lot, whatever. Crying of Lot 49. Yeah, not finished it. It was a bright, cold day in April. Oh, in uh, 1984. Yep. It is. Right, we'll start with. This is golf. All this happened, more or less. The fewer points. All this happened, more or less. Oh, I should know that. It's a that. famous opening. I only, I, I didn't know this one, though, because I've never read. I have famously never read this guy. And also famously, don't ever want to read this guy. All this happened more or less. Yeah, I know that. I think I've read it. Have I read it? Yeah, it's Slaughterhouse Five. By Slaughterhouse Five. Yep. Yep. All right, Nathan. Yes. Put your hands behind your back. Give okay. Jake a chance here, because <laughs> you're going to both know this. It is a truth. You know, Jake. Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. Yay! Oh! Points. <laughs> Very well done, guys. Those are the quotes there. In order for me to get a point, Nathan has to have his hands behind his back, and I have to have my hand up right up there. almost already raised. <laughs> that was fun. Well, I think Jake would have done better if... I mean, like, I bought my girlfriend for Christmas some postcards that had some some famous literary quotes and you guys do that on dates for fun i don't know that we do it on dates for fun jake <laughs> but <laughs> nerd we do it every night for fun uh, no 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 we i don't know i've just i've i've been in situations where opening lines of novels i've also run the bookening's stupid twitter account at times in my life and mm. I've, I've just had to play with the most famous quotes from the most famous things a lot in my life. So there's things like that stupid opening of 1984. It was a bright, cold day, which I've seen a thousand times, even though it's not a particularly memorable yeah, opening. Yeah, there's nothing special about that. Right. But for some reason, you'll come across like calendars and stuff in your Barnes and Nobles that will have, it was a bright, cold day. Like, yeah. I guess because they can't find a good quote in 1984 because <laughs> Orwell, for all his famous, awesome, incisive criticism of how to write Not actually wasn't quotable. that great of a writer wasn't a very quotable one in any case um no so yeah. his little essay on writing pretty great yeah no he was he understood language and its uses and misuses about as well as anybody but his actual style is just a little bit dry dry and yep. i've actually seen somebody i think i want to say they took that essay and then they applied the rules of the essay to that essay and they just like sarcastically went through and showed how taking strunk. I think white, I've seen that too. Cutting yeah. needless words from strunk and white kind of a deal, yeah. which you yeah. can if you. I've done. I have actually read through E. B. White's yeah, little mate. essay at the end and tried and in my brain just like been applying all the rules and seeing like fail, 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 yeah, fail, yeah. which yeah. really only teaches you that great artists know, know exactly how to break the rules when and how to break the rules. 
it doesn't teach you that Strunk or that White was a failure for no, not, not omitting needless words from his essay. Yeah, not at all. But man, are there is there a world full of people out there that think that that's the lesson? Mm-hmm. Drives me crazy that there is a world full of people out there that think that's the lesson. Yeah, I just like this. I may have posted this on our Slack feed. Some stupid essay about this guy thinking just because he was bored by Shakespeare, therefore Shakespeare's bad. Yeah. That's the nadir. How do you say that word? Nadir? Nadir? Yeah. yeah. It's one of those words that I read a lot, but I don't hear pronounced I think it's a nadir. lot. Nadir. That's the nadir of criticism when you see those kinds of things where it's just like, I found this boring. I found this erotic. I found this exciting. And so therefore, I'm going to take that as the fact. And then I'm going to extra- extrapolate a whole logical essay from that, like using that as my yeah. premise. Know, the the first point of my syllogism is that this is boring. This is erotic. It's this just is whatever. Junk, yeah. yeah, it's just. It's junk. And that, yeah. that actually is a lot of modern scholarship, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's a lot of people who, well, today, and this may be particularly an American thing, like when I'll be arguing with people about quality of certain literature, they'll be saying, well, that's just your opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, well, some, pe- some opinions matter. But like, that's just your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I've read a lot of books. Oh, yeah, still, it's just your opinion. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever. We're not going to get anywhere here. You've read five books in your yeah. life, and three of them are Hardy Boys books. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but, but please. Right. But we've all been taught. Joe Comics. We've all been taught since grade school that every opinion matters just the same. And so, if you think that the Hardy Boys or something is just as great as literature as Tolstoy, then mm-hmm. you get to say that. And right. What For, am I to say? How can you prove it? Yeah. For some reason, I know this. Connection is a little tenuous, but it reminds me of one of my sons yesterday having trouble with the Rubik's Cube and him complaining to me that he was doing it right, but he couldn't solve it. And so something was wrong with the cube. Right. It's like, buddy, it's a logic puzzle. If you do it right, you solve it every single time. There is no, if you are not solving it, it's because you are not doing it. The definition of not being able to solve it is that you are doing it wrong. Right, yeah. And he just like wouldn't accept it. I was just like, man, you just need to shut up, be humble, and accept the fact that you're doing it wrong. Show me how you're doing it. I will show you how you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And then we can fix it. And then you can solve the puzzle. But the puzzle will not be solved if you stubbornly assume that doing it the wrong way is should get you the right result. Yeah. yeah. There's a little thing that I did a couple of years ago that I, I noticed about myself that really stuck in my head, which is. I got up, I got on, this is just a tiny little thing that happened in my life, but it's always stuck with me. I got on a scale. I saw that I had gained five pounds and I just said, you stupid scale. <laughs> and, you got the wrong scale. <laughs> What's wrong with this scale? And it wasn't until like a minute later that it occurred to me like, wait a second, Nathan, it's not the scale's fault. <laughs> like, I think there might be other factors at play besides this dumb scale that's betraying you here. Yeah. <laughs> tornadoes and <laughs> Oreos. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the point of today's episode, which is I want to talk a little bit about how we how we criticize things on the okay. buttoning. Okay, Sounds guys. good, Nathan. And I'm going <clears> to <throat> we 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 got a letter or a uh Facebook or uh, what you call it. We got a Twitter DM from our good friend Eric, longtime listener, and he says this. I'm just going to read this. I'm going to let you guys respond however you want. Yeah. <clears throat> so he has just listened to our Mice and Men. Uh-huh. episode. I thought you made some interesting comments today. Said that some books, like Of Mice and Men, have been analyzed and reanalyzed from every perspective, and so you sometimes don't have much new to say. That sounds reasonable, but dot dot dot, and then new paragraph, dot dot dot. Who exactly is your audience? Do you want to be a help to the homeschooling parents that haven't been reading literature reviews for the last 10 years? To those who that have gone decades without thinking about the book? 
You don't have to be novel to be helpful. I'm sure you understand your audience better than I do, but I'd ask you to try not to be bored with helping us normal folks. I'm not saying that there was a ton more to say about this particular book, but when people tune in because they think they should know something about a book and they find bored Nathan talking about how he's bored about talking about this book, well, nothing is more boring than talking about being bored. Find something interesting or scale back the podcast. Yikes. Mm. Shots fired. Shots Eric. fired. No, no, no. Eric's our friend. <laughs> Although it did, I did feel a little shots firedy when I read that, I will admit. But I think this is an interesting thing worth discussing because we have a particular philosophy of how and why we do the show and what the show is supposed to be. I don't know that we've ever actually articulated that on mic. Maybe we have. I mean, you can listen to our 130 some odd episodes. And figure and, it out. Yeah. And get and piece together a philosophy. Right. But actually articulating it. This is the vision statement for yes. the book ending. Let's start with why is a, a famous book about uh, like entrepreneurship kind of stuff. And today we're going to start with why for the booking. Why yeah. does the booking exist? What are we trying to do? Yeah. And how might people misconstrue that or have the wrong expectations? And how can we help them with that? Or I'll do you one better. Why is the booking? Why is the booking? Yes. Thanks, Strax. <laughs> Thanks, Strax. You're welcome. All right. Take it away, fellas. That's a big question, Nathan. I know. You're our fearless leader, so you should answer it. I don't want to answer it. <laughs> you're punting. You're... As, as our fearless leader, I, I command you to answer it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Now, let's work through this. I mean, I think it's not like we've articulated. We don't have a big vision statement hanging on the wall that no, we're looking at. No, we don't. Well, listen, I think yeah. that let's start with this. This podcast began as three friends who love books. Yes wanting to sit down and discuss those books and not wanting to get caught up in the minutia of what everybody should have learned in high school lit. Right. We're beyond that. And our audience doesn't have to be beyond that to gain from what we have to say. So are we saying that, well, here's the thing. Let's just be honest. When you say that, Jake, we start to feel insecure because it makes us sound like pompous jerks that yeah. just want to be like, Smarter than everybody. Yeah. I don't want to be a pompous jerk that wants to be... Brandon, do you want to be a pompous jerk that wants to be smarter than everybody? I mean, I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, he can't help but that he is smarter than everybody. Let me start with the kind of podcast that I like. I, I, I would actually like the bookening. And it's not because I would always be on the same page with the people that are doing the bookening. It's not because I would always be keeping up. But I actually would prefer, personally, to listen to, I dare say... Oh man, how do you how do you say this without sounding pompous? But what I want, whether we can we can argue about whether we achieve it, but what I like in a podcast is to listen to smart, articulate, funny, interesting people talk. And if they're a little bit beyond me, a little bit ahead of me, so much the better. Mm -hmm. It's fun to keep up. It's fun to try and fill in the blanks. It's fun to go on Wikipedia and look up those references that I don't know. That's always the kind of thing that I've liked and appreciated. I've always liked stuff that's a little bit more dense. Oh, gosh, how do we talk about this without sounding pompous? I've always liked stuff that's a little bit more dense, a little more smart, a little bit more for the educated, sophisticated suave, hip man. Um, <laughs> well, for example, here's, here's a very uh, not smart-sounding example. As, as a kid, I really liked The Simpsons, and it was because their frame of reference was so wide, and they would, they would, their jokes would be about so many things, and I wouldn't get them. But it was always fun to like, look up, like, oh, what, what was that movie that they were spoofing? I knew it was funny because Homer was doing a funny voice or something, but what was the, the reference? And to learn about that stuff, 
Okay. We're pompous jerks. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, we are pompous and jerks. And we don't care right. about it. We don't care about anyone. Bring yeah, bring it. We hate you, no, basically. We, we hate you. <laughs> we don't want you to be able to keep up. We don't we certainly don't want you to learn anything from the podcast. We just want you to bask in how much smarter we are than you. Than you. And if you like that sort of thing, then great. <laughs> be our disciple. <laughs> there we go. We'll talk to you okay. later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. All right. Okay, all right. This podcast was born from three friends sitting on a back porch talking about Flannery O'Connor and having some fun doing it Mm -hmm. and realizing that we had something unique maybe to bring to the to the great conversation if you're gonna but if you look at the podcasts the the world is full of literature podcasts on the grammar on the hows on the structure on the on the uh, on every aspect of of literature and storytelling, there are podcasts that cover it and cover it in detail. There are books and books and books and books and books. And we're, if we're talking about classic literature, you can go and buy Spark Notes. You can go and buy what's the other one? Well, that's the thing. The, the thing is, you don't have to buy. Actually, you're, <laughs> you just you're look only on the internet. One, Google, one or two Google clicks away from being able to look up what the theme is, who the characters yeah. are, and it's all been analyzed and put out there before. It's by people who are better at that sort of thing than than we are. And it's not that we can't do it. It's just that. You know, when we come to a book, we were all more or less taught well in terms of seeing plot, seeing character, seeing themes and, and structure in books. And so we want to talk about what's more than that. Our conversations are just going to tend to to gloss over some of that more basic stuff. Well, I can't it, necessarily mm-hmm. articulate in one sentence right off the top of my head what the why is for the bookening, but I can articulate the why for a lot of what we do through our podcasts and stuff on Warhorn Media. And I think what me and Jake have always said to each other and what we, you know, other people have said is we want to not just teach people what to think. We want to teach people how to think. That's right. And so a large part of the booking is actually, and this is why if somebody has ever wondered about why we have, you know, five minutes of just being friends at the beginning of every episode and why we go off on some tangents. A large part of the booking is about the chemistry between the three of us. It is about how our brains work when we put our three brains in the in the in a room together. <clears throat> and it's about you as a listener. I mean, not to get too meta or weird about it, but it's about you listening to that, entering into that, being part of that conversation with us, and just seeing how we process. Yeah. And learning and taking from that in whatever way is val- valuable, <clears throat> I hope to you. Uh, yeah, we hope that in the course of our conversation, we you have space as a listener to interject and say, wait, I don't agree with that. Wait a minute. I'm not sure I'm buying what he's saying right there. But the point is, you know, and, and that's why we have a lot of back and forth, mm-hmm. a lot of, we're not just like, you know, we have not distilled what we thought. Often we don't even come knowing exactly what we think about a book. We're going to talk it out. And that's part of the process. And that's part of, of the show is, is working through that together and and finding our way to some conclusions about these books. And I'm not saying we always get it right. Live on the air. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what a great teacher does, Brandon? I mean, I'm not saying we're, again, we can argue about whether we're doing great or not, but just as a vision for what we want to do. I mean, when you go into a classroom, don't you want to get the students talking and thinking? Yeah, you want to get them engaged and thinking about the book. So uh, I had two thoughts about it all. Um, One is what you were saying. We often don't know what we think before we approach the conversation, right. right? We don't talk this all out and have like a script. Right. We're talking about the books together. We're actually working out the books and what we think of it on the podcast. So you're hearing that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, and the way we approach that conversation is we don't, we do the context episodes. Right. 
and where I try to draw out some themes and stuff that might be useful. As Hopefully we, we give you enough material there to anchor you so you actually yeah. don't have to go Google stuff if you don't want to. You have yeah, so that's, the bare bones of what you need. And we have had some people say, well, it'd be useful to have an, at least a quick sketch of what the book was about. Mm-hmm. But, and we don't do that. But that's because we're assuming either A, you can go and read a Wikipedia on it, or B, you can read the book. Or read yeah. the back of the book. I mean, Or read the back can... of the book, get some sense of what it's about. Yeah. But if people want kind of just the way I approach context is I first give the bio of the author, the way the, the book fits into their history, and then the way that the book fits into literary history. And then at the end, I try to draw out one or two important themes that might help our conversation. Right. That's the way I approach context. So you do get a little bit of that with context. And then, and that's what a teacher does. And then we hopefully push it past that when we actually start talking about the book to apply either those things or apply just general knowledge we have of literature. But mm-hmm. it, it's assumed that you can either get that from other places, but that's not what our podcast is about. We're about the actual act, action of criticism and thinking about a book. Right. That's what this podcast is. I don't want you to walk away from this podcast knowing exactly what to think about Of Mice and Men. I want you to know how you might begin to think for yourself about Of Mice and Men. Which I guess may sound high and mighty. And again, I'm not saying we always get it right or do it well. I'm just saying that's what I want the show to be at the end of the day. So let's actually take the case study of of Mice and Men. How did we approach that? And why did our episode end up becoming being kind of short and having Nathan admitting that he didn't have a lot to say about it? And everybody, I guess, I don't know, he didn't call you guys out, but I guess you didn't have so much to say yeah. about it that he felt like he got his money's worth. Well, I would um, say one... So one, I think that we kind of address that issue in our Old Man in the Sea conversation. Mm-hmm. We talk about why Old Man in the Sea is more successful than Of Mice and Men. And there we talk about how Of Mice and Men has this overly straightforward allegory fable that it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And it really is just exactly what it says in the book. Right. And it's kind of unsuccessful in many ways. And we talked about that. And so it literally, to answer Eric's question about that book, there's just not a whole lot to say beyond mm-hmm. just reading the book. Right. And like I said, we, we don't do that here. We don't give a detailed analysis of every step of the book because you can get that from Sparknotes or Wikipedia or just by reading it. And beyond that, the book really is just about what it says. And there's not a whole lot to do with it beyond that. So, Well, let me, let me be the devil's advocate here. Um, okay. Should I listen to your podcast if I'm a high school student or if I'm new to literature or if I actually need a little bit more of the spark notes. Like, obviously, we're not, you guys aren't saying that that stuff's bad. You are saying your show maybe does something a little else. Should I listen well, to Yeah. That? To go back to the teaching metaphor, mm-hmm. when, I had to, when I have to teach a group of students where you have some honor students and you also then have some students who aren't honor students, you have some students who are getting ready to go to AP Lit, and you have some students who aren't and they never will. They just want to be a scientist or something else. They don't want to do that higher level thinking with literature, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I teach to the AP students. Right. I don't teach to the students who don't want to go to AP Lit in the sense that I will still grade the ones who are not trying to get into AP Lit a little, not as quite as hard, because right. I know they don't want to do that. But I still teach to the AP Lit students, and I try, to pra- I try to model for them what good AP Lit thinking will look like, knowing that those who are not li- interested in that are still going to benefit. Mm-hmm. So the answer is, yeah, you should go and get that knowledge from somewhere else, knowing that you could still, though, benefit from the conversations we're having here. Right. Because like Jake said, we're modeling good thinking about books, the way that someone who has those tools already in their tool belt mm-hmm. of literary thinking are going. So we already have those things, and now we're approaching the books in a certain way, the way that a mature thinker about literature will approach it. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not just trying to model good 
literary thinking. We're trying to model good Christian thinking. Yes. Right. And that's the other side of this whole thing, that we we bring a, a moral, it's a better word than compass. Worldview, outlook, moral. We bring moral authority to the to the to the conversation. Mm-hmm. We bring Christianity into yeah. the equation. Right. Because books don't just teach books essentially are moral teachers. Yeah, which is part of our philosophy because I'll try to be careful saying this, but a lot of the other podcasts you can listen to that would be even in the same category as Christian or so somewhat Christian, mm-hmm. they still approach literature from this perspective where they're glorifying literature mm-hmm. without actually, and so they just like take the transcendental nature of literature for granted. Right. On the bookending, we're willing to question that. Not just question it. Uh, kind of tear it apart it. and kick it, yeah. So we don't just take guys like Dickens or guys like Lewis Carroll for granted that they deserve to be a part of the canon. Right. We're going to question that and we're going to poke it and we're going to say, okay, you know, we remember that these were men writing books. That they weren't gods, that they weren't demigods and anything like that. They were men writing books and that they deserve to be analyzed and treated as men, mm-hmm. given the dignity of that approach, right? Yeah. And we can do that because we're all at stages of our life where we now have that, what do I say, weight, authority, mm-hmm. where we can do that. And people may not like that. It may rub you the wrong way, but it's the difference between a high school student who needs to be trained how to do that mm-hmm. versus men who are at a position in their life where they can. I think a high school student can benefit from just simply shutting up and watching some people do that. I hope yeah. that doesn't sound high-handed. But I just, I love criticism as a form. I love reading criticism. I like writing criticism. I like doing criticism in podcast form. I just have always liked criticism. And my favorite criticism has always been the criticism where the critic is ahead of me, where he knows more than I do, where he brings authority and weight, and also where he brings himself. And that's what I, the way I try to lead us is I want, you know, I think I've quoted this before. Roger Ebert has a little quote that he used to say, which was, a a man goes to the movies, a critic must remember that he is that man. And so I just always think it's simply, if for no other reason, I just think it's more interesting to say who we are and where we're coming from it. Like, I think you can learn more and have a more interesting podcast if you know not just what does a general person think about of mice and men, but no, actually what... Nathan thinks is more interesting, what Jake thinks is more interesting, what Brandon thinks is more interesting than us trying to play the objective, so-called objective observer of all of this. Like, that's just, that's not the kind, I would not want to listen to a podcast where someone was just like, here is the supposed right answer that is outside of us all. Because actually, not to be too subjective or relativistic or anything like that, but, you know, I, I was bored by Of Mice and Men. And it shouldn't you want to know that But when you're going to hear my take? on of mice and men and isn't it more interesting for you as a listener to hear that may disagree with that but for me personally i do think it's more interesting and more telling and i can get more out of criticism that starts with okay here's the objective reality now here's how i felt about it now how do i put those two together like maybe maybe for example nathan was wrong to be bored that's entirely possible but if nathan starts by admitting that he's bored and then we have to work through why he was wrong That's going to get us to a more interesting, telling, informative place than if Nathan simply pretends not to be bored because you're not supposed to be bored by these things. Well, one thing I've seen, this goes back to teaching, from the best teachers I've had to just trying to teach students myself, I'm more successful when I show enthusiasm and Mm -hmm. feeling towards a book. Students can pick up on that, and I've noticed a lot. I have some friends who like particular books, I think, only because they had a teacher who loved those books. And has instilled that love and enthusiasm in or movies because they had a dad that loved the movie. Yeah, exactly. or 
And so there's a lot of nostalgia. A that sport into... or a team or mm-hmm. whatever, simply because the father figure associated with it loved it. Right. Yeah. And it can be a very sensitive issue because they really respected that teacher. And when yep. we come, I know it's happened here, when we come and we attack that book, and I have sympathy for that. I know there are poems I love only because B.H. Fairchild, who was one of my teachers, loved them so much. Right. And I remember the way he thought about those poems mm-hmm. and taught those poems. Are they, I go back to those poems now and I think, well, maybe they're not quite as good as I thought, but I still remember his love for them. And I respected him so much as a teacher. So what I'm trying to say is that I think with our enthusiasm and our talking about the way that we feel and think about books that way, mm-hmm. it matters because we are modeling how that that sort of thing does matter with art and with literature. Right. And it is very powerful and it, sh- and it can teach you to be careful. Mm-hmm. I think it should teach you to be careful who you allow yourself to train your feelings. Yeah. But your feelings are never out of the equation. I, I guess no. maybe that's a simpler way of saying what I was just saying is, is that. Well, no. And what, what readers out there need to do is to, is be able to be honest with themselves about, you know, the books they read and what those books do to them. And I think, you know, what a, what a, pointless waste of life to lie to yourself about every book you read because it you want to be smart you want to be sophisticated you want to just agree and line up with with the canon but it can take you absolutely it can take you years to actually figure out how to be honest with yourself i was just thinking about this with uh aladdin we talked about last week in San, at our other podcast sanity at the movies you and me jake we talked about aladdin yeah. And the, the new Aladdin movie also, we obviously talked a little bit about the old uh, 90s Disney Aladdin. Yep. Um, and I remember sitting in that theater. I remember exactly what Brandon's talking about, which is that a father figure in my life thought that Robin Williams was really funny. And so I thought that Robin Williams was funny. Now, 10, 15 years later, I realized I don't like that kind of comedy. I don't think Robin Williams is funny. Hmm. But it took me years. And it's not like it matters one way or another. This is kind of a silly example. But just isn't yeah. it funny that I was sho- so shaped by a particular person that I loved feelings about this, that it actually took me years and years and years to just like actually have the even for it to even occur to me like, you know, that doesn't actually make me laugh. Weird. I don't like those references. I don't know. It lasts a long time. Yeah. And so to start by being honest with yourself, and not like my dad did anything wrong, not trying to say that, but just to learn to be honest with yourself. And this, a lot of this comes up for me, I think, comes out of the way that my pastor, who's a godly man, has taught me to think about scripture. One thing that our collective pastor will always do is say, how does this passage actually make you feel? Mm-hmm. And is it sinful? You know, okay, your feelings are bad, but if you can admit that, okay, well, you know, Leviticus has provisions for how a daughter can, or a father can sell his daughter into slavery. I hate that. I hate that God included that in his book. I hate that I have to wrestle with that. I really don't like it. I really resent it. I don't, and there's, the Bible's full of things like that. That's a really obvious example. There's much more subtle ones. But beginning by acknowledging what I hate, acknowledging what my heart wants to run away from, it it allows me to, what? It allows you to deal with yourself and your heart before God. Right. And to then know the scriptures better and to know God better, like it would be, I would be denying myself essential knowledge of God and of scriptures and of myself if I started by just saying, oh, well, it's God's word. I respect it. Of course, it's great. And I'm not going to admit how I feel. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a corollary there for how we approach literature. If we're going to get at whatever the essential truth about this book, about this story, about this style of writing, about this character, we have to start, maybe not start, but we have to at least acknowledge at some point in the process how this makes us feel and then incorporate Mm -hmm. that in and try and decide whether our feelings are accurately reflecting the way that God shaped the world or not. Yeah. 
And to not despise it, that's a part of thinking about literature. Because that's where it gets vague and hazy. And I think we talked about that with Old Man and the Sea, too. That makes it hard to talk about literature because a lot of people want it to just be straightforward logic or philosophy or math or science. But that's not... Literature gets into other areas. That's no. what art and poetry and all that sort of stuff does. You have, to be, does. Com- you have to be comfortable with that because right. God gave us feeling. Right. He did. He must have wanted us to use them for something. Yeah. doesn't just want you to be a cold, dead, reformed man. Can I say that? I think there's a certain type of personality who's always going to be frustrated with this show and with us. And it's a very different type of personality than than we are. Mm-hmm. That kind of person, literature and uh, art and maybe, you know, emotions aren't really their strong suit. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's just not the way they hit the world. They hit the world hard and objective and they want the facts and the details and... Nothing wrong with that, by the way. No, God makes us all different and for different reasons. So if that's the kind of listener you are, I respect the fact that you are here, that you're mm-hmm. listening to us, that you're part of this conversation, that you've pushed yourself to grow in places that are not your strengths and that may be weaknesses, that you have trusted us when we've said that literature will help you grow in empathy and uh, emotional intelligence, and and we want to ha- be able to help you do that. But at the end of the day, that's not who the three of us are. And that's not the kind of show that we're going to have. There are shows like that out there that simply dissect the art form. Very analytically, yeah. Analytically and in a linear, logical way. We think that that can be helpful and useful in its way. We also think there's a way to do that that leaves the artwork dead on the operating table. As like what E.B. White said about humor, you can dissect it like you can dissect a frog, but the thing dies in the process. Yeah, and you just move chapter by chapter, act by act. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what oh. we what we want to do is, uh, for our own part, bring our bring ourselves to the conversation, like Nathan was saying, and let it be alive, let it be real. Mm-hmm. Treat these supposedly classic or great novels as as worthy of criticism mm-hmm. and worthy of our criticism, and engage them head on. And you know that's just it's just not going to look like. Uh, teaching or attempting to teach or equip parent homeschooling parents with the tools to teach the the grammar of storytelling to their seventh mm-hmm. graders or twelfth graders or anywhere in between. What it is going to look like, I hope, is giving you the tools to have a real meaningful conversation mm-hmm. with your tenth grader about this book that they read that you had them read and how it made them feel and what that made them think about God and the world and themselves. And I hope that we give you tools in the process as we think through it, to think through it for yourself and to think through it with your kids and to say, hey, you know, here's a thing that was just straight up unbiblical and, you know, but it was appealing, wasn't it? Like, let's talk about that. Or here's a thing that, you know, actually did a good job of reflecting the way God made the world or opened up an insight that you can find the Bible opening up in Proverbs. Let's talk about that. And there's a flip side to that kind of person who has difficulty entering that way to the person I was becoming right after grad school. God brought me to repentance and stuff like that. It's where you repent too hard and then you just try to reject all feeling because you think that that was just something of your past. And so you go and like, I devoted myself to my business, all this stuff that, and now the bookening is kind of my repenting in the opposite direction Mm. too, finding a balance between the two. And Brandon quit his PhD program, which he, and threw himself into his business and yeah. 
I've been trying to convince him to just finish it up because and Jake may be winning. Was he? <laughs> we'll see. One of the cliffhangers. But so that's so that's the whole background behind that story, and I think that you can repent too hard that way, and you can just become like this fake machismo mm-hmm. man or this you hate all literature so you just devote yourself to like biographies and history right yeah well look we, so just, i've been there too so yeah and so just to tell that person to stop it and realize that you, god did give you these feelings and literature is fine <laughs> yeah well i mean as as we, i'm sure we've said many times before the bible for, for some reason god made his book into history law and then poetry and then the prophets who sound a lot like you know poetry poetry or or, or yeah. even like beat poets rappers hip hop you know i mean god saw fit to give his truth give his grace give his mercy to us in written form and he did it in a lot of different ways i mean sometimes it is as bifurcated as a law that says do this don't do this sometimes it's as glorious as a poem that's full of metaphor and image and beauty yeah. and is uh, i dare say quite transcendent and so you got to be able to do both in life. And yeah, I don't yep. know. And I just think it's fun. If I, I, I make the kind of podcast I'd like to listen to. I hope that people like to listen to this. I understand your mileage may vary, and that's fine. Not everybody's going to be a big uh, Nathan Alberson fan or big Jake Mensel fan or big Brandon Chastain and, uh, fan. I'm sorry, Brandon. Of course, everyone will be a big Brandon Chastain no, fan. No, I just like that you were about to leave off the fan and just uh, say a big, big Brandon, Brandon Chastain. Chastain. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. Um, not everyone's going to be a big Jet Brandon Chastain, but you sure are. <laughs> Thank no, you, Brandon. Brandon. You're a very suave, handsome, uh, svelte kind of a gentleman, mm. and everyone <laughs> loves you, and uh, your wife finds you attractive. Thank you. Yeah, uh, fine. that's fine. You know, uh, go, in, go in peace if you don't happen to dig our particular thing. But it is the kind of thing that I would dig. It is the thing, kind of thing that I trust people out there would dig. I like, you know, I just like learning through absor- absorption and through hanging out with people. I like being around people that I think are godly or smart or interesting and just letting some of that sink in. And so if I, if I had a high school student, I would hope that they would listen to the booking and they might not come away with one solid principle. They would, of course, I would hope, but maybe they wouldn't. But at least a little bit of us and our friendship and the fun that we have and the insights that we have would sink into them, get under their skin, and they'd, they'd maybe bring a little bit of, of it with them into a conversation with someone. And I think that's actually how a lot of moral truth and discipline and things like that in life happen is you talk to someone and you spend time with someone and a little bit of what's good about them rubs off on you or a little bit of what's bad about them rubs off on you. So if there's anything good about us, I hope just by spending time with us every week, maybe it can rub off on somebody. I know that sounds self-aggrandizing, but hey, we're doing a podcast, so we must think that we have some kind of value to offer. And if you agree, then you can listen to the podcast, Brandon. Hey, I agree, so I guess I'll listen. Eh, you don't have to listen. You, All right, thanks. you get to experience it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you guys want to say about this subject? No? I don't think so. All right, well, I we should do some donor shout-outs then. Oh, man. So let me just pull them up. What do you guys want? To, what, what kind of donor shoutouts do you guys want to do today? So many different ways we could do donor shoutouts. Let's just shout them out. You just want to shout them straight and forward, straightforward. All right, I'll alternate between the two of you, and you can just shout them. This is going to be a very simple episode, and I love it. I love it. Okay, you guys ready for this? I am. Yep. Brandon, Robert, and Rhonda, the Lovebirds. Robert and Rhonda, the Lovebirds. The Immortal Chelsea E. The Immortal Chelsea E. Nathan, not me. Nathan, not Nathan. Little or uh, Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley. Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley. Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Valley. Andrew and Esther, the Lovebirds. 
Andrew and Esther, the lovebirds. The inscrutable Jenny Z. The inscrutable Jenny Z. The Keith Master. The Keith Master. John and Jill and Little Baby Max. John and Jill and Little Baby Max. David's Mighty Man Trucking. David's Mighty Men Trucking. <laughs> Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese. Jay. As cold as Jake's response to some of my setups for this wonderful donor shout out segment. Uh, Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese. Uh, my beloved mother, Beth. My beloved mother, Beth. Adam, the. Bedraggled Wizard of Yore? No, no it's a Fletcher. Fletcher is the. Well, Bedraggled Wizard of Yore. Adam, Adam, I'm sorry if I gave you a cool one. I don't remember what it was. Adam, the Mecha Godzilla of Doom. Adam, the Mecha Godzilla of Doom. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool to be in the Mecha Godzilla of Doom. Emily, E M I L Y, Emily. Emily, E M I L Y, Emily. Fletcher, the Wobedraggled Wizard of Death. The aforementioned Wobedraggled Wizard of Death. For thought it was your. Oh, oh, Fletcher, yes, the right. Wobedraggled Wizard of Yore. Um, the Artful Anthony Dodger. The Artful Anthony Dodger. Dark Hooded Lord of Death, Jeremy. The Dark Hooded Lord of Death, Jeremy. The Incandescent, Lovely, and All-Around Wonderful Meredith. The Incandescent, Lovely, and All-Around Wonderful Meredith. Maya! 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 Hi, Maya. Thanks for contributing to our podcast. Um, Ryan, uh, Rockin' Ryan and Judo Judith. Judy? Rockin' Ryan and Judo Judy. Danny the Dude. Danny the Dude. DJ Sammy G, of course. DJ Sammy G, wicka, 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 wicka. Benny T and Dana Tiberius. Benny and Dana Tiberius. Eric and Catherine the Lovebirds. Eric and Catherine the Lovebirds. And, of course, bringing up the rear, last but not least, Dr. No, Professor. Professor and Lady X. Professor and Lady X. How many episodes do you think we've done that and you still get it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes do you think I've gotten it right? Is the more uh, zero? <laughs> I think maybe I've read with first professor one. <laughs> once or twice. I don't know. I like to think I have. Uh, guys, is there anything else we want to talk about today? No. We all had a Memorial Day to yesterday. We sure did. Was it memorable? Yep. <laughs> it was fun. Yep. Memorial Day is actually today. Today is Memorial Day. But right. We all party. We were actually coming in on. Our <laughs> we were day at off. the dark hooded Lord of Death's house. Yeah, we went to the dark hooded Lords of Death. He had some pork. It was very delicious. We played some tacos. Wiffle ball? Wiffle ball was played, yes, sir. Yep. I may or may not have sat inside for most of that with my head on the uh, incandescent Meredith's shoulder. By two-thirds of the room, it was played. Yes, very true. Not much of a sportsman, folk. I'm Mm. sorry if that disappoints you. I'm sure it disappoints so many. (laughs) People are throwing their phones across the room right now. (laughs) No, Nathan. No! I I had you as a sportsman. (laughs) People had me pegged as a big athlete. All right, thanks for listening, folks. Today was written and produced by, well, I don't know. It was produced by Nathan. It was written by all of us in the room in an improvisatory manner. And it was executive produced like all fine Warhorn products by Nathan and Jake. Brandon, thank you for being here. You're welcome, Nathan. As always. Brandon, if you wanted to support the booking, which I assume you do, where would you go? To patreon.com forward slash the booking. What might you sign up for there, Jake? Oh, any number of reward levels. It seems like one of our most popular reward levels is the $50 reward. 
Yeah, people really like that one. What, what do you get for fifty dollars? Well, that's the like fun it? thing. Is oh, speaking of which, we need to sign books. Yeah. Um, you get a book uh, every month. Each month, you get a book. Uh, the book that we're reading uh, next. You get it in time to read in it time to read it. We... So we get it. You, you get it like two or three months in advance, actually, and you get it signed by the three of us. Each of the three of us. Now, is it just a signature, Jake? Just oh no, Na- Nathan does amazing artwork in each of these and we write little inscriptions and stuffs and we think we're very funny and clever when we do that and will sometimes. you will you think the same <laughs> yes you will yeah sometimes um, sometimes yeah <laughs> generally what happens is i get the book first and depending on how tired or excited i am i draw a picture i mean i draw a picture either way but the quality of the picture depends on how i'm feeling and then brandon and jake will either write snide comments about my picture or a little a nugget about the book that you're getting or both sometimes yep or if you're completely new to us then jake might kind of write something like sorry about the picture i we, we love you please keep supporting us <laughs> um, <laughs> fun additions to your library it is a fun fun additions to your library might one day be worth something maybe like 50 cents on amazon or something like that and get half price at Hey, but Nathan, is $50 the only amount that people can give to support this show? No, Jake. They can give a lot more than that. They can Uh, give a hundred. Yeah. And then they can choose a book, which we we do have $100 uh, Patreon, and they still need to choose their book. And we'd be more than happy to do it. They just need to choose it. And they can do whatever they want. Louis L'Amour. I'll do Twilight. I don't know. I I know we've talked about this before. $10 gets you the... Booking shout out, donor shout, shout out, out. Like yeah. you just heard before the credits. Twenty five dollars gets you a vague promise of a t shirt okay. that may oh. or may. <laughs> yeah. Hey, one day you will get a t shirt and it will be worth the wait. And what what was it gonna say? We did decide on that. I just right? wanna hide in a corner with Tolstoy and pretend the world doesn't exist. Yeah, something. that so you can get a t shirt for that. Maybe maybe by next Christmas. I'm sorry, folks. Jake and me, like, we have a media company to run. We have social media to do. We have, like, 14,000 podcasts that we appear on. Brandon is now appearing on a secondary podcast. We should plug that, by the way. There's a new Warhorn podcast, Sanity at the Movies. Talk about Star Wars. Yeah, we're going to be doing a Star Wars series, and it's going to feature our good friend Brandon (laughs) Chastine. So it'll basically be the bookening talks about Star Wars. I mean, there's no difference, really. Not much difference at all, yeah. Different theme music at the beginning. That's it. But... If you want to hear different Jake, title to the podcast, different title to the podcast. Yeah. But basically the exact same show. You want to hear Jake. You want to hear me. You want to hear Brandon talk about Star Wars. Brandon also appears on that podcast just on a pretty regular basis talking about lots of things. But I think yeah. for the near foreseeable future, it will be Star Wars mostly. There we go. So, and if you wanted to hear me and Jake and Mr. Benjamin Solzer talk about Aladdin, the new Aladdin, we released that last week. And yeah, there's already an episode up about Star Wars, kind of some preliminary thoughts with the three of us. There is one. There's fun times, and it kind of builds on some of the things you may have heard the Bookening talk about Star Wars. So, Good crossover right there to get you into that new podcast. It's a great crossover. If you like the Bookening, I don't know why you wouldn't like Sanity at the movies, unless you just hate movies. But come on, you're alive, you have eyes, I presume, and live in the 21st century, you probably like movies, whether you want to admit it to yourself or not. Yeah, anything else people need to know? I don't think so. All right. What, What... which which category of Patreon do you think that people sh- which tier should do you think people should sign up for, Jake? Um, the one that they can go and sign up for right now without thinking about it. A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty five, fifty, whatever it is, you can just go right now mm-hmm. and get started. Yeah, you get started. A dollar, 
today. Five dollars today, and then you can upgrade it as you look at it later. Yeah, get but that. just go ahead. If you've been like sort of debating it, yeah, we've been sitting here not getting your money. So, right, yeah, we got stop debating fans. it. Go down. Give us, give it a dollar. Give if us five dollars. If you believe in the why that we gave you in this, the the well articulated statement of purpose that we gave you yeah. in this podcast, then you want to support it. Then, and that's not even really a joke. If you want to support the work that we're doing. Support the work that Warhorn Media does, trying to teach people how to think in a Christian culture and how to not feel insane. In a Christian and, culture, huh? Eh, nope, false. In a non-Christian culture. In, in a culture. non-Christian culture. That is a crucial thing. Yeah. Then uh, go to Patreon today. You can support the booking. You can get some fun stuff. Do it, yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. And if they get us up to seven fifty a month, we will review. Uh, is it Narnia or is Lewis. it Tolkien? We'll do, we will do hey, all. Hey, yo. Yeah, we're really Narnia. close. This is like last summer we went up, we got Harry Potter in. Mm-hmm. This summer, man, if you, you get us up to seven, we're like less than a hundred dollars away, right? We'll do an episode about like right, a, right around a hundred dollars a month away from binging Narnia this summer. Yeah, right. And we would love to just drop everything. All we need is Narnia. twenty of you to get five dollars totally. a month. Yeah, would love it. Didn't we say we'd do something if we got that? Like yeah, you and, you and me promised something. People have to remember. And something we'll be happy crazy. To do it. it might have been that last episode. Like maybe, maybe a behind the paywall show where you, we read poetry to Brandon's cat or something like that. I, don't know I forget. Some, that sounds really good, though. Some, no, actually, we promised it on Jake's behalf, whatever it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jake. He would, promised that I would do something? Yeah. Jake, it had him putting on elf. Oh, that's what it was. He would put on elf ears and read uh, poetry in the original Elvish. Yeah, that's what it was. If you want to see, if you want to see Jake put on elf ears and read poetry in the in the original Elvish, get us. I'll to do as seven, good a job as I do of uh, following Nathan's get us vocal to cues on donor shoutouts. Yeah, vocal prompts. Yeah, get us to what? Seven fifty by the end of June. So Jake's gonna dress us as an elf for our Narnia series. <laughs> yes, it's a promise. I'm gonna read Narnia in the original <laughs> Elvish. Yeah. Instead of fantastic, so someone to translate Narnia into Elvish. The fun thing is that, that I have, somebody can. I'm sure. I have zero doubt that we can. All right, we can probably go on Google. And within five minutes, find at least a section of Narnia that's in Elvis. Oh, yeah. like, if they can get us there in two weeks, maybe Jake would be willing to dress as an elf, dress like Elvis, and read it with Elvis's accent. Elvis Jake? <laughs> Elvis. Elvis Jake. All right. Yeah. If, if, you, Dude, folks, if you folks want to meet Elvis Jake, two weeks. By June. By June, they have to get to what? 750? Or is it just seven? That's what like is- three days. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's, this podcast is already released. Really this podcast won't be out by then. That's right. By July. Uh, so, so they'll have... I was trying, man. They'll have less than a month. All right, by, July. By the time they hear this. To get to 700? 750. 750. 750. Okay. And then Jake has to try... <laughs> so some of that money will be going towards buying an Elvis costume. <laughs> renting. Some, renting. Some, renting. And some elf ears. But um, hey, it's worth <laughs> it will be worth it. <laughs> it will be. Oh, man. Folks, doesn't that sound like fun? It's fun to make people like Jake do things like that. And that's kind of the gimmick behind making you give money. So do it. Do <laughs> As it. we just explained. <laughs> As we just explained. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with what's coming after Old Man and the... Oh, Agatha Christie, my <sighs> favorite. 